Uh, I'm on the line to Dave Menichetti of Y&T, and he's sitting in his office in San Francisco, are we, today? Well, just south of San Francisco, yes. Okay. And is weather good out there, or...? Yeah, it's it's quite lovely actually. Yeah, for not bad for nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apologies for the early morning call, but uh, no, but, it's quite all right. <laughs> excellent. Um, okay, let let's start with uh, talking about the new album. You've got a new album out now, um, live at the Mystic, recorded live at the the Mystic Ballroom. Um, will you tell us a little bit about how the album came about and what it's because it's a, like a special thing that you do each year, isn't it, and stuff. So can you tell us a bit about right. that? Well, yeah, sure. Um, every year we play a weekend at, um, at this one particular venue in Northern California, mm-hmm. the Mystic Theater. And it's, it's sort of, uh, I don't know exactly how it started, but uh, somehow or another, the, the first time we played there, of course, we had a, a set of great gigs and, and we loved the venue. And so did the fans. And then, you know, we decided, well, let's come back here and play this again. And, of course, that just happened year after year after year. And little by little, they're just, I don't know, there's something about that venue that uh, that just created this sort of awareness among the fans and the band that uh, this was a special place to come see the band. It just has a particular vibe that, that comes across. And uh, I, I know you can understand that. There there are certain halls in the U.K. as well, you know, certain yeah. places such as Newcastle, as a yeah. matter of fact, yeah. that, uh, you know, it, you know, at certain places within the city that, that it's always just had this reputation of as being the place to go to see a band. And and so, you know, we, we just made sure that this was a yearly event, and uh, and we book it always about the same time of year, right, right about the first... Uh, about the third weekend of, of November, pretty much, almost every year. And um, and so, you know, this has become just this, this special thing that we do every year, and, and fans will come flying in from all over the world to, to come and see it and enjoy it and, and be part of this sort of special family atmosphere that we have there. And uh, and we just thought, you know, this would be a great time to uh, to record the band uh, certainly, we, we've tried recording the band. Well, we have recorded the band at the Mystic uh, numerous other times, but mm-hmm. for some reason, one way or another, it just never worked out. Either the recording quality wasn't right or something like that. But this time, everything just, just sort of uh, lined up perfectly. Uh, the band was tight from uh, doing our typical fall tour in Europe and the UK. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just just everything just worked out right. The, the band was on fire. The crowd was great as usual, and uh, we just figured, you know, this is this is a great uh, recording. We, we've got to we got to do something with this. It 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 definitely came across the way we wanted us to come across, as far as yeah. you know, the way Y&T sounds live. And uh, we've always been sort of known as a better live band than what you can expect to hear on our on our recorded you know cds and mm. such you know yeah. and and we wanted that particular spirit of the band to come across and we felt that it did fairly well with this one it, it it's a very powerful album and there's some great performances on it uh, definitely and did you i mean obviously it, it's available just from the website isn't it it's 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 basically you packaged it and everything you, you've had total control over it is that right or yes that's correct uh we we wanted to do that um just just because 
I don't know. It just it just felt kind of cool to have a uh, a direct from the band kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so we've got it available on our websites, and of course, obviously, it um, you can you can find it online at the typical places, iTunes and Amazon, and, and any other place that you would go to get it digitally, and um, and of course at the shows as well. Right. Great. And did you hang about? Did you hang around with the fans and stuff during? I mean, you were there for two nights. Did you? Did you hang out with some of the fans during the day and stuff, and, and chat and meet them? And yeah, I mean, by the normal part of of, of this whole thing, as far as the the weekend mm-hmm. as, as concerned for the fans, certainly is is that there's always um, always fans that live locally that that have put some sort of party together or. They, they make arrangements online, and they're all talking to each other, saying, "Okay, so what are we going to do? Where are we going to meet? That kind of thing." And and of course, it's usually, um, the you know the before the gigs, where are we going to meet at what bar or what place or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, typically, we've had this thing happen where a fan will open their house up to to fans that are there from you know around either around the road, around the world or wherever they're coming yeah. from. And and uh, they'll they'll show up in the daytime and have a party like uh, in in the in the in between sort of the Saturday morning Saturday afternoon kind of thing yeah. you know while we played Friday night and and the Saturday night and uh, a lot of times the band members will show up to those parties and hang out with the fans and uh, you know they'll have jam sessions or or just lots of food and talk or whatever whatever the case may be. Excellent. Um, so yeah you know certainly uh, occasionally we'll do that and. Of course, the other good thing about the Mystic Theater is that it's in uh, the wine country, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> which, which is perfect for anybody that wants to take a little trip uh, to the local wineries or something like that too, as well on that weekend. So it's a, it's it's a great weekend to be hang, hanging out with a band. And do you supervise that uh, side of things, and Dave? Do you take them off to the wine country and show them some <laughs> of the best vineyards? And well, actually, uh, there is a special trip that uh, Jill and myself, my wife and I, yeah. we, we do every year uh, for the wine, at, the, at the wine country up there for the Mystic Weekend. But it, it is just for uh, personal friends, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so any, any plans for a Y&T label uh, wine to come out then, a bit like the ACDC? Uh... Well, you know what? That, that's a great idea. <laughs> uh, can't, can't say that we haven't thought about that before. Uh, there, there may be a, a, a Dave Minichetti inspired sort of um, uh, fan wine trip one of these days, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. You call it Earthshaker or something of that nature of wine. Um, a, a bit of a tricky question, but obviously the, the album is dedicated to your, to your good friend and, and sadly lost uh, band member, Phil. How hard was it to keep going after Phil had, had passed away? Did, was there any time in that you just thought, right, I've had enough, I'm not going to keep going with Y&T? Well, as far as that second question, part of the question, as yeah. far as, you know, did, did I ever have this feeling like maybe I should just pack it in? Yeah. Um, you know, internally, no. Uh, I, I, I always just want to be a musician and keep playing. And, uh, and of course, we just come out with a new record. Mm. And, and it just felt wrong to stop playing. But, you know, emotionally, certainly there, there were um, moments that uh, it hit me that way and that I questioned myself. Uh, I talked to my wife about it. I thought, you know, of course, I, I thought 
many hours about it, um, you know, without Phil, you know, should I just keep going or mm. should I do something else at this point? Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it was, it was a difficult time and, and, you know, you, you, you're losing your band member that's been with you since the very beginning, but you're also losing your best friend. Yeah. And, uh, and there are a lot of things that, that happened to you, you know, in that space of time. Uh, but you know, when, when I talked to Phil right before he passed, um, and, and let him know, of course, my own personal feelings that, you know, I'm, I'm going through this conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he let it out in, in no uncertain terms that, you know, I hope you keep going with the band. I mean, there's, there's, there's so much that we've done together, uh, because we are the principal songwriters of most of the material. And, uh, and of course, you know, we were very proud of this, this newest record that we had come out with mm-hmm. at the time, Face Melter. Yeah. And, um, and it just, it was just, as far as he was concerned, there, there was no question to it. You know, the, the, we have this legacy of material and, uh, and, and why would you want to stop? You know, you, you've got to keep going. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I knew that in, in, internally that that was something that I, I felt just as a natural thing, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I said, you you have these you have these moments where uh, you know, in 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 the face of it all, you you wonder, you know, and yeah. uh, but but it was uh, obviously it, w- it was important for me to hear that from Phil um, to, to keep going, sort though, of. Though yeah. you know, it, you know, it just it just sort of validated, you know, how I was probably feeling most yeah. of the time. So yeah, yeah, and and in general, then how do you how do you keep the momentum going? Uh, you know, we're constantly touring and recording, and you've got solo projects and stuff like that going. How do you keep yourself, keep you know, writing such great songs and, and singing as as hard as you do and playing and stuff like that? Do you, what's the secret, Dave? Uh, the secret is I love doing it. Right. Um, there, there, there is no secret to that. And 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 as most people know, when when they love doing a particular thing, it's it's. It's it's not that hard to do, <laughs> you know. I mean, it, it sort of comes naturally, I suppose. And um, and I'm not saying that there's anything completely natural about everything that happens, but I, I, I there certainly is some some measure of that for certain. Um, I, I feel in some ways that I probably don't do enough. I, I think I probably could have written ten times the amount of material that I have over my lifetime so right. far, uh, but I. I kind of channel that and, and put that in, in, uh, in little boxes and little spaces for when I'm ready to write, I'll do it and I'll just go in there and do it. And, and I, rather than just like being like some musicians where they're always constantly writing, they're always jotting ideas down, uh-huh. they're always coming up with new stuff. I sort of carp, com, compartmentalize that. I, I, I stick it away and I go, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to let that go for now uh, until it's time for me to start thinking about writing for a new record, and then I'll just do that. Okay. But um, you know, so 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 in some ways, I feel a, a bit guilty for the fact that I probably could be writing more. I, I could have come up with more stuff all the time. But uh, it's just the way that I like to do things, and and and, uh, and and I think that it keeps me more sane that way yeah. because there there is a lot of energy that I have to put out in a tour. I'm not saying that that everybody else doesn't, but when you're the singer in the band, uh, that, that creates, you have to create a whole lot of energy physically 
in order to sing for two hours plus, yeah. you know, every night of the week, yeah. and especially when you're doing, you know, two hour plus shows and, and, and you're playing as many as five shows in a row uh, on, on a particular tour and you keep doing it week after week. You know, that's that's and, you know, it's it's, it's a lot it's tough, to demand yeah. of your body. So yeah. I that's that's one of the reasons why I do indeed compartmentalize things. I I, I don't try to you know, keep myself writing at the same time as I'm, as I'm traveling in a tour bus or in a plane or something like that. I try to give myself those moments to rest right. so that it, I can make it work, you know, for, for everybody. And, uh, you know, so that I know that I'm fresh yeah. at every show as yeah. much as possible. And do you have anything, I mean, you said about singing for two hours and stuff. Do you have any particular routines and stuff that you follow to keep your voice at tip-top condition? Uh, my biggest thing that I do is, is that I try to get as much sleep as possible between shows. Right. And uh, because, you know, you're, you're basically an athlete at this point. You're, you're using muscles. You're, uh, you know, you're using parts of your body and, and, and hoping that everything's going to come about all right. I mean, I, I could play guitar on one hour sleep every night and still perform. I mean, I, I may be crap every once in a while, but I could still pull it off. Yeah. But you can't sting on one hour sleep every night. Uh, you, you have to rest. You have to warm up your voice before you go on stage, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, so, so those are the types of things. And, and also uh, what you eat before you go on and when you eat mm-hmm. is important for, for being able to pull that off because you need enough energy to get through a two-hour set, but you can't have too much in your stomach because you use your stomach to create the air and so on and so forth. So, you know, it's, it's, it, there's, there's a lot involved in making sure that I can sing correctly every mm-hmm. night. Uh, and of course to stay healthy as, as much as possible. That's, that's tough to do sometimes, especially when these fall tours, when you're touring and you're meeting and greeting the fans and so many of them have contracted some sort of cold or <laughs> flu or something, you're shaking their hands, they're, yeah. they're sweating on you, they're kissing you. have got air there, conditioning going on all the place. And... And, uh, yeah, so, so, you know, I mean, that's, it, it, there's a lot involved. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's become sort of just a natural thing that I know what to do and I, and I don't think about it so much anymore. Okay. And, of course, you've mentioned the fall tour. You are coming to the uh, Academy at Newcastle uh, on October the 5th. I take it you're looking forward to it. Of course. Yeah. Of course, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it is, I mean, Y&T. And, and you know, well, sorry, yeah, I was going to say, no, Y&T, you know, y, y are, are, they're, they're vastly loved in the Northeast. You always have been from the days of, you know, Alan Robson's Hot and Heavy Express and stuff and the Mayfair Ballroom. And Why do you think you are as loved as you are by the Northeast rock fans? What is it about you and what is it about them that seems to connect? Uh, I think that those fans really um, respect a, a band that uh, that plays from their heart and soul, and and gives it their all, and you know, and of course the style of music as well. Um, I, I think it's all those things, okay. and uh, we just happen to meet, and in, in all of those different ways, in in the right way somehow. Mm. Uh, I, I think they respected the fact that we came out and, and toured the UK and, and, and played those places and, uh, you know, early on in our career. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, you know, sat there and sweated our butts off and, and played like, like there was no tomorrow. And, uh, and they enjoyed the music. They enjoyed the musicianship. 
um, that's th- those are the things that at least I think are, are the reasons why. But um, you know, there's just sometimes there's just this right blend of playing the right music at the right time for the for the right crowd, yeah. and 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 that's what just seems to happen up there and in, in the Northeast, and you know. I, I don't know. It's, it's 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 always been a special place for us, as well as I'm sure it is for for a lot of bands. That I I've heard that before from from different interviews that I've read or heard or talked to other other musicians where, you know, they talk about that region of the UK yeah. just being, you know, a special place to play. Yeah, it it is. I mean, obviously, rock music in general is is very popular, but you are amongst a, a few bands. I think you and, and maybe Blackfoot and things like that who were. Really, really popular up here. Uh, any particular memories then of of the region over the years that you've you can tell us? Well, you know, of course, the the, the very first time we toured through the UK, uh, that whole experience was so amazing and and uh, and and life changing actually for all of us, uh, especially myself. I'd have to say because I I was caught up in the whole thing about being in the UK for the first time uh, that that was the very first time actually that we'd ever been outside of our borders in the in America and, and the, you know there is such a different feeling about playing in the UK and the, and the, you know the people the architecture the, the 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 vibe of just in general so so yeah I mean I, it captured me from the very beginning mm-hmm. and uh, of course you know playing playing Newcastle the very first time uh, it, it it was an experience to say the least um, we felt that uh, this was one of the places where the fans craziness matched the band's craziness <laughs> as, as, as far as you know absolute crazy amounts of energy that, that we were putting out I mean because that that was the whole thing about us we as soon as we hit the stage we didn't try to do it. It just came naturally. We we yeah. were just on a, a ball of fire, you know, and yeah. uh, and 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 that's the way that the, that the crowd reacted back as well. We we felt like there were just an, an amazing amount of energy between all of us, and and at the end of the night when we would meet some of the fans, and some of the things that they would say to us and and the way that they would say it, it just left us with the, with this. <laughs> with this amazing feeling like wow what a bunch of crazy nuts man this is great we love this place uh-huh. and, I, and 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 of course one particular fellow had said something that we remembered for the rest of our career and and I still remember it of course so I could I could re- repeat it back to you yeah. to some degree to some something of of how it was said but it was something like you know, you, you guys are so amazing that uh, I need a I need an oil can for me neck, and I, <laughs> you know, so that that of course cracked us all up because we'd never heard anything like that before. But uh, we we would constantly say that amongst ourselves, you know, uh, over the many decades that, that Wine Tea was together. After that, so yeah, there was a special thing about it. Excellent. And and so, have you learned any of the uh, Geordie language? Then can you can you give us any? Any Jordy terminology or anything? Because you've got Jonathan as well, haven't you? It's one of your roadies when you come over here. Oh, and yeah. Stuff. yeah. Yeah. So have we, you learned any? We hear it all. Yeah, we hear it all the time. You know what? I I would be incredibly embarrassed to try to even come up with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll not yeah, put you I, through I, that then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I'm... I, I, I'm fairly good at at, uh, at at mocking accents and so on and so forth. Uh-huh. And, um you know, I, I I do my Italian thing. I do my 
my UK thing and, and certain regions and so on and so forth. But you know what? I, I, I cock it up most of the time, you know, quite <laughs> frankly. So I, I don't want to embarrass myself any further. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk about some of your early influences as a guitar player. Let's, let's talk a bit about you as a player. Who were your main influences when you were growing up and stuff and learning to play the guitar? Well, you know, there, there was no question, and and I know that you hear this a lot probably when you ask guitar players mm. that are somewhat as, as old as I am, <laughs> that they used to say Jimi Hendrix, and, and, and it was true for me. Um, I, I actually had the rare opportunity, at least rare from the standpoint that when I talk about it, most people go, what, really? Yeah. <laughs> that I actually saw Jimi Hendrix live twice, and... Um, it was, you know, I was a, a, a mere 16-year-old, but right. um, it, it was it was pretty special to me um, because here was a guy that truly was doing something that nobody else was doing at the time, and it, you know, for for somebody that's just you know maybe in the last 10 or 15 years been listening to music, it's very hard for somebody to understand exactly what that means because. It just seems like music's just, you know, rock music has just been there and it just keeps going yeah. and, and you sort of understand where the vibe is coming from and, and you know, there's nothing, you know, certainly there's bands that come around that have their own style and such, but for somebody to just come in and completely take over in a, com in a sort of different way that mm. you've never heard it before, it, it's really hard to imagine that. As far as I'm concerned, I don't. I don't think I've ever experienced it in quite the same way as when Hendrix came on the scene. I mean, there were people playing rock music and and guitar players doing solos and distorted solos and so on and so forth at the time, but nobody like this. So it, it was truly an inspirational thing right. uh, for for for, uh, for people that were playing guitar or even wanted to play guitar. Yeah. And at that time, I wasn't playing guitar, but it was an inspirational thing that that you just you know made you want to do it yeah. and um plus you know i think i just had it in me um it was just going to be one of those things i was going to do anyway uh it just seemed like it was drawing me to it and and people like hendrix and and, and jeff beck and uh um uh the guys from the allman brothers Dwayne allman right. dickie beck yeah. um leslie west there's so many different guys that, that I learned from over the years uh, and, and that inspired me. But, you know, and, and, I, and I could say that it, was, it, it crossed a lot of thresholds of different styles of guitar playing, mm -hmm. such as, like I just said, I mean, a Dwayne Allman, Dickie Betts guy was nowhere close to, you know, somebody like, uh, like Hendrix. But, uh, you know, it, there's so much to gain from all of these different guys. Yeah. I like guys that just play from the heart and soul, yeah. and, uh, and and that's my style. That's and what I like to do. Excellent. And do you still, I mean, do you, are you influenced by any of the modern players now? I mean, obviously, there's nobody oh, sure coming around, as I suppose. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I suppose, you know, and, and, and I really feel badly about the fact that we also lost another great uh, guitar talent, Gary Moore, mm -hmm. and, uh, and that was a true shocker. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure nobody expected that. Um, and, and, and Gary, I'm, I'm sure, influenced me at some point as well, because I, I had heard him quite early on in my career, about 1973, I believe, right. is, is, when I, is when I heard Gary Moore. And I remember that uh, uh, our drummer Leonard had a couple of records that he had played on 
uh, uh, I think it was Skid Row, and right. uh, yeah. and and then I had uh, gotten into to uh, fusion and jazz and some some things like that yeah, in the early seventies. Oh, and, and there was the Coliseum Two and yeah. so on and so forth. So yeah, you know, I mean, it, there's there's a lot of guitar players over the years that uh, that I've picked up things from. I'm sure, you know, and and again, I I, I don't I don't try to do anything like that. It's not mm. like I'm I'm sitting there going, oh, I'm going to play like that. I, it, but but you just know that when when you're inspired by listening to somebody that really turns you on, that mm-hmm. somehow or another you're you're going to probably glean a little something from there. Yeah. So. And and do you still practice daily, or do you? Just pick it up when you feel like it. I mean, you were saying before that you sort of compartmentalize things a bit more now. So, right. Well, I, I don't practice in the way maybe that a lot of people expect practice to be. I don't sit there and go through scales and uh, and and try to perfect any particular style. Uh, what I do is I sit on the couch every night when when we have our break moment. You know, after uh-huh. we've worked all day yeah. doing something or other, and uh, and we're sitting there watching a movie or doing something like that, and I'm tinkering on the guitar the entire yeah. time. I drive my wife crazy. Uh, you know, we'd be watching a movie, and any melody that's happening in the background you of the movie, I'm it. immediately, I'm either, or I'm playing a melody around the melody of the, yeah. of the movie, yeah. I'm trying to improve on on the melody. <laughs> or, or, Wives yeah. throughout the world now are going, yeah, yeah, I know that feeling. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And I do that with anything. It's a television commercial or anything. It doesn't matter. Or right. and, and then I'll just be playing riffs in between. It doesn't matter. Excellent. Now, obviously, the, the music industry has changed, you know, tenfold since you started Y&T and stuff like that. Do you prefer the modern era now where people can instantly access your music and if you want to record stuff, you can sit in the house with a little iPad and record it? Or do you hanker back to the old days where, you know, you pressed the record button and the tape spun round and you bought a bit of vinyl and what have you? Which era do you prefer? Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> um, I would say that there's a certain thing about that. You know, rehearse, put it together. All right, here we are. We're all ready. Let's go hit record. Uh-huh. And of course, we still do the same thing, in as much that maybe it isn't necessarily uh, analog tape every time, yeah. and it might be you know uh, a workstation computer set up, but it's still the same basic vibe, uh-huh. isn't it? I mean, you know, you you know you're recording something, you know that you want it to be special, and you and you hope that it comes off that way, and you can't wait for the reaction for the fans to hear it, and so on and so forth. All of that magical feeling and and uh you know in in with regards to you know the whole idea of creating something new yeah. and sharing it with the world it's all still the same yeah it it's it's just like you say it's it's just in the way that you you end up doing it uh you know nowadays i i have my recording studio that's attached to my house that i built and you know, as as with a lot of musicians nowadays, they yeah. have their own little. You know, maybe it's just an extra spare bedroom, or who mm-hmm. knows what it is. Mm-hmm. But they've got some place they can go, and they've got their little tape deck or whatever. You know, uh, their computer setup. But I've got a full blown studio setup out there, and uh, you know, I can I can plug into 
you know, my diesel amplifier and yeah. blast it in one room, have a mic in it, and be sitting in the control room with a microphone for my voice and uh, all set up and, and, and just come up with things, you know, right on the spot. Excellent. Um, you know, and, it's, and it makes things a lot easier. Yeah. And from the point of how you put things together. But, uh, but the same basic thing happens with, with, with us as far as I'm concerned still. I mean, there's still this magic in coming up with the material the way you do it and, uh, and waiting until it's right before you record it. Excellent. And, and do, you, do you get the band round now then? Is that where you're going to record your albums in your facility now then? Is that where you do everything? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and then when we know that it's time to to be, you know, coming up with new material and writing, uh we start miking off um the drums in in, in our in our, you know, because we basically we rehearse uh-huh. in our cracking room. Right. And uh and it's not a particularly big place, but it's you know, it's got a nice tall, you know, 14-foot ceiling yeah. and uh you know, and it's and it's it's all ready to go basically, but we're all you know crammed in there with the guitar amps and 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 the PA and the whole thing and uh, but we mic up the drums and 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 we have everything all mic'd up and and ready to go uh-huh. because when we're in there writing we'll just jam you know and uh, and and that's how we used to come up with things all the time in mm-hmm. Y&T it was just like okay let's just get together it's rehearsal time let's start jamming let's okay. see what happens. You know, uh, somebody come up with an idea or whatever, or somebody comes in that day with an idea that they thought of overnight or something like that. Hey, here's an idea. Here's a couple of riffs. I've got this idea for a melody. Hey, let's all just come up with it and, uh, and, and, and see if we can figure out the rest of it, so on and so forth. So, so now, of course, it's that much easier because um, everything's being mic'd up already, and, uh, hey, that was pretty good. Let's, let's roll some you know, some digital. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's, yeah. let's hit roll the a hard disk. Thing. Yeah. And, and we don't usually end up using it for the record itself because it's, it's all this bashing is going on within the, within the same room. But, yeah. uh, but we'll, we'll have a great demo tape of it, you know, uh, yeah. to, to listen to that day and, and, the, and the following days. Yeah. So that, that helps in our, uh, our songwriting excellent okay I've, I've got a few questions from fans who, who've been listening to the show and i asked i sort of put it out that i was going to interview you and said if you've got some questions throw them out so i'm just going to ask you these if that's all right um mark evans from ashington says what do you think of the x factor or i take it it's the american idol programs over in, in the states isn't it what do you make of all that sort of instant success thing and shows like that well, Mark, <laughs> I, I am not a big fan of that. Um, not because I don't think it's a good idea for those particular people that are performing. Certainly it's great, you know, that they, they have this outlet where, you know, it, it, maybe it's, it's, a, uh, it's a quick way to, uh, you know, to shortcut a lot of, you know, slogging it out in the clubs and so on and so forth kind of thing. But um, it's just not something I enjoy watching. Right. Um, never has been. Uh, it's, it, it falls along the lines of sort of this, this reality TV show thing that, mm. that's so popular the last you know, decade or so. And, and that kind of stuff, it just doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> so we're not going to see you Quite. doing a, uh, uh, I can't I, remember what the guy's yeah, name was, from Poison, doing one of those. Yeah, well, yeah, I watched a few of the American Idol, X Factor type things. And, you know, it, it, it certainly, 
I see the entertainment value, and and I have seen some great talented people that 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 you know lets the hair stand up on your arms when yeah. you when you find certain people, and 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 I think there's there's a lot of validity in all, in all of that, and and it's a great thing to sort of have these talent shows of sorts, but um, the instant star kind of thing is 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 a bit strange at times mm. too. At the same time. Okay. Um, Okay. I remember years ago that I did this guitar clinic roundtable thing that uh, that happened one time at, at a trade show for for musicians called the NAM show. Yeah, um, yeah. It happens once a year, and and you know every every manner of, of of musician comes out to these shows because they're looking at all the new gear and they want to know what's what's the newest stuff. And of course they they end up having jam sessions and so on and so uh-huh. forth. Well, also of course the press comes and they have these these great moments where they get a lot of these musicians together in uh-huh. one room talk and i remember i did a couple of these things with other really great guitar players and we were all talking uh, one time about uh, you know all of our experiences and some of us had decades of 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 slogging it out in the clubs and you'd get like two or three people sometimes and you'd be just sweating it out and you know but oh man what you learned from these experiences yeah. and and, and all of this, you know, toil and sweat and grime that you put yourself in. And then I remember one guitar player came in, and he was a younger guy, and uh, he was quite popular with the with the girls as well and everything. And you know, I mean, he 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 had a popular father as well that was a guitar player, and 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 and, and he seemed very bored while all of us were talking about right. all these stories. And they get to him, and he goes, "Yeah, you know, whatever." And and you know, he didn't have any of those experiences, and. He he just went from basically from zero to ten within you know maybe a year's time. Yeah. And uh, and and I I didn't begrudge the guy for it. You know I, I uh-huh. thought well good for him. You know that you know he he, he this could happen to him very quickly. Yeah. And he didn't have to worry about all of that. But at the same time I I think there's too much value that I place in all of those years that 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 you learn your craft uh-huh. uh, and you hone it. Uh, you know, I don't know. So that, that's just something about that that, that I, I think is is worthwhile. Now, not to say that these people that that, that come in American Isle didn't didn't spend years and years doing something akin to that, but um, I don't know. There's it, just something about reality TV shows, and I, and I kind of popped them all into that okay. same category. Right. That, that just bugged the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Reality shows. Let's face it; they're not really reality shows. No. I mean, it's all pre-planned, and you know, the, the producers sitting there and they're setting up the shot, and they're going, "Okay, now you go yell at this guy because it makes good TV." And you know, and, and and I just see it happen because I've 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 been behind the scenes at these yeah. things, and I and and I know what it's like, and I and I just think, you know, I don't know. There's, 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 especially in the in the states, there's this whole thing about people that just can't wait to watch other people in agony you know yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 to me it's crap it's like you know come on live your own life yeah. don't don't live it yeah. through other people like that you know just you know i mean watch watch a well-conceived program for god's sake <laughs> all right excellent uh, another markman mark wedrell from western supermare says where's the strangest place you've played uh, he has a little tag to this that he remembers you playing in a boat in Bristol, which was called the Thecla, uh, with a ah. band called Tiger Tales, apparently. So, yep. yeah, 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 good, good blokes, uh, good friends of ours. Um, that was a bit strange, of course. You know, <laughs> it, 
a, a boat that they that they turn into a venue. And and I remember poor Phil. Oh man, talk about the the the, the left side of the stage being the worst place to play on that venue. There's this big pole right in front of him, and uh, you know he had to work his body around it because there was hardly any room on that stage as well. So uh, be, between uh, the center vocalist and and where he had to stand, it was just it was just an absolute crap venue. <laughs> <laughs> poor guy. Um, you know, either most of his body was 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 being uh, you know blocked by this by this Hello. wooden pole in the, of, of the stage, or 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 else he hit his base up against it, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a bit of a, of a strange place what we played for certain. Um, that that may have been one of maybe the top ten you know <laughs> strange. I, I, none other are, are coming to mind well, unfortunately, okay. at the moment. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll assume that one. <laughs> uh, Ian from Berwick says, what memories do you have of the ACDC tour in 82? Ian, that, that was probably one of the, um, our f- most favorite tours to, to ever have been on. And I, and, and I honestly, that, that's, that's absolutely the truth. Uh, you know, it, it, was, it was a time when uh, Y&T was just coming out with a Black Tiger record, recording it in the UK at that time. Uh, well, actually, no, it was just after we recorded it. That's right. So, so uh, we were uh, we were touring on that particular record, which was an amazing record for us. Um, and of course, we were touring with one of our very favorite bands ever. And and how could you not enjoy touring with AC/DC? Uh, that was that was the I think still to this day the only tour that we sat on the side of the stage and watched every show right. of every night of, of two months of that tour. Because normally when you're on tour with somebody for a long time, you watch their show the first couple of times, and then you know you, you get off stage with your set and you hear a few of their songs when they start their set, and then you're off to your hotel yeah. or off in the, in the bus to go to the next gig or, or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, but but uh, you know, ACDC, their, their material and, uh, and the fans, I mean, let's face it, it was... <laughs> it was just maniacal out there every night. Just the sea of of uh, of denim and, and leather and and heads all in unison, you know, banging Bobbing together. Away. One, two, three, four. You know, <laughs> it was just uh, just an amazing, amazing, you know, time to be uh, to be standing there and enjoying this whole yeah. this whole, whole affair. Um, you know, when 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 anybody asks me about tours that I love, of course, this is this is the very first one that I always bring up. So, yeah, I mean, all I could say is I was glad I was there, and and I know that I still hear that from so many fans at meet and greets all throughout yeah. the UK and Europe. Yeah. That they'll that, that they'll bring that up and go, yeah, you know, the first time I saw you guys yes. was, you know, supporting ACDC. <laughs> you know, I saw you here, I saw you there. Yeah. And and it was just such great shows. Excellent. Oh, God, such such great tour. To Good be memories. On. Okay, I, th- I think you've kind of answered the next question. This one's from a guy called Alex Pardy in Liverpool, and he says, uh, "How do you come up with your riffs? Are you a noodler, or do you write a riff and then make a song straight away? So, do you kind of just put some riffs together and think, right, I'll keep them for later and make a song, or once you come up with a riff, do you bang out a song straight away?" I would say 90% of the time it's from noodling. Okay. Uh, just just messing about and uh, and maybe because what I try to do is I well I don't try to do it I I just let 
my fingers do whatever they feel like doing at the time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, 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 it's an amazing amount of, of shite. No, it really is. And it's, and it's just, it just ends up being, you know, um, whatever happens at the time and very sloppy sometimes or whatever. But I, but I do that for a reason, I think is, is, is just that, um, you know, if you do your typical patterns and your typical things all the time, then you're probably not going to come up with something, you know, that you never would have thought of yeah. as easily. So, yeah. so I just let my fingers just go crazy over the fretboard and do just whatever they feel like. And sometimes I'll come up with something or I'll hear a melody idea based on something that I would have never thought of, you know, off the top of my head. So, um, But then the other 10% of the time, I'll think of this idea of let, let's just say a theme or something like mm-hmm. you know you know I, this, I really want to come up with this great melody behind this particular tempo or something or uh-huh. or i want this grandiose thing like a like a like this um almost like a fanfare or something like that and okay. so i'll think along those lines and i'll just sit there and think for a minute without playing and, uh, and, and, and I've been pretty good about being able to do that, about writing a song or an idea for a song or a part of a song by just putting myself into a state of mind, putting myself on a stage or wherever it is that, that you need to imagine yourself to, to create this, this mood for coming up with a, with a brilliant idea melodically. Okay, excellent. Um, couple, last, last couple of questions, okay? So one would be, which one song that you've written would you like to be remembered for? Uh, I think that would be forever. Okay. Uh, because it embodies pretty much all of, of, of what Y&T is all about. It's, it's a melodic song. It's a passionate song. But it's, but it's also a song that draws you in. It's, 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 got, this, it's got that theme at the beginning that's... that's melodic and passionate but yet at the same time it's got this hard driving sort of uh, uh tempo to it mm-hmm. um and and it's just i don't know it, it 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 has this feeling when we play it every night like this is something special and uh and so yeah i i would say that has it all for me so so that would be the one song all right and i was going to ask you this next question myself but then i noticed on your fan forum that somebody had asked it and it had remained unanswered so i'll ask you this if you're stuck on a desert island what three albums would you take with you hmm well of course those are going to change every time i say it but... <laughs> today but you've I'll... been shipwrecked today yeah shipwrecked today right okay <laughs> i guess i would have uh electric ladyland by hendrix mm-hmm I would have the Allman Brothers live at the Fillmore East, mm-hmm. and uh, hmm, what would be the third one? Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> you can have a moment to think. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. I, I guess I would. I would take. Um, hmm. Come back to that one. Would, <laughs> you can you have know, to. I would probably take uh, a Stevie Wonder record, actually. All right. Uh, you know, something something that uh, that's got some rhythm and blues and, and and some real beautiful melodies too, or something like that. That that would probably be 
that would probably be the way I'd go. Excellent. Uh, maybe like Walking Book or something like that. Uh, okay. Uh, that, that those would be three great records to have with me. Uh, and, and of course, you know, I'm going back a ways for, for a lot of that stuff. But, but you know, I, obviously, I, I, st- I have a lot of newer bands that I, that I love to listen to as well, newer, newer artists. Um, but, uh, you know, in fact, uh, one of them is a U.K. band. Well, uh, and maybe a lot of people wouldn't expect that I would listen to something like this, but I, I love the band It Bites. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. They're very, they're very popular and, on the show, actually. So, oh, good, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Because yeah. um, those guys, I got turned on to them in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, the late 80s. It was the late 80s. We were just signing with Geffen, uh-huh. and uh, they were on Geffen at the time, and our A&R guy turned me on to one of their cassette tapes. Right. And, and, and it was like, oh, my God, I love these guys. And, and, and so I, I had two of their records, and then I ended up um, buying the next, and then, of, and then I got their, their newest one uh-huh. a couple of years ago. Uh, Excellent. And the wooden ship. And so... Um, you know, yeah, I, I we even uh, tall ships, sorry, and and we even uh, we even approached those guys to open up the UK tour for us a couple of years ago, but we just couldn't work out the uh, the, the whole thing because it just wasn't it it just didn't work out for both of us because we were both sort of playing the same venues in the same capacity, right. so uh, it, it didn't make as much sense. But um, yeah, that that's that's what that's one of my faves as well as the. This band out of I think they're out of Australia, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Electric Mary. Oh, uh, I've I love heard of them. I've not, I've not come across them. We'll check those out. But uh, it bites. Yes, very popular. And Frank Dunnery as well. Obviously, the original guitar player, who does his own thing now, doesn't he? Uh, out of it bites. He does a lot of acoustic oh, work yeah, and stuff. Yeah, exactly. He's great. It's a different player altogether. And of course, yeah. But uh, you know, even though they've got different voices, different guitar playing styles. Uh, always had fantastic, um, f- fantastic melodies and, and yeah. uh, songwriting. I mean, just, just, wow. Uh, you know, I, I mean, that's that's. I guess you would call that somewhat progressive rock. Yes. Uh, to some. Yeah. Um, but but, but not, not maybe quite as progressive as some. But. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but fairly stuff. progressive, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Okay, Dave. Uh, do you have a, a final message for for your Geordie fans? Uh, before your, your gig on October the 5th. Yeah, absolutely. Um, number one, we understand that we're, uh, we're, we're competing against another show that's going on. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> so, so we're going to uh, we're going to ask all of our good Y&T fans to, to, to uh, support the Y&T cause and come to our show. Not, not that we don't we, we don't wish the best for the other band that's playing that night, but mm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think you'll have any problems uh, filling oh, okay. filling the show. I, I've got to say, um, the the other band but, in but, question who will remain nameless aren't aren't that popular with the uh, the listeners. Let's say, and I I think the okay. true rock fans will will know where they're going that night. We wish them the best at the same time. We don't want anybody. To no, of course show, not. But, but, of course, you know, we, we, we look forward so much every year to playing for the Newcastle fans. And, and, and it's absolutely the truth. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, in fact, uh, so much so that um, I know that I've mentioned this before, but it, just to give you an example of how much it means to us, when, we wrote, when I wrote the song, I'm Coming Home, uh-huh. for the Facebook record, 
that was part of the inspiration for the idea behind the song, the idea behind the lyric, et cetera, et cetera. So, mm-hmm. so it, it, it's always been a special place for us and always been a special gig every time that we play there. So much so that I think maybe I get a little extra nervous when I'm playing in front of the <laughs> crowd because, because I know how important this, this, this gig is for the fans yeah. and for us. Yeah. So, uh, just, just know that it's a special show know that we care a lot about being the best we can be for you and uh and we hope you enjoy it this time around as well i'm sure they will dave dave thanks very much for taking the time out to speak to me especially at nine o'clock in the morning it's uh very much appreciated thanks i'm i'm very happy to do it excellent <laughs>